When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Jones! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket with me, Simon Hughes. And me, Simon Mann. And we have a special guest today. We have Stephen Finn, the former Middlesex, Sussex and England fast bowler, to talk about India and talk about his own career and what is happening next. Uh, the reason we're all together today is because uh, we're commemorating a new sponsorship campaign initiated by IG, who of course were our sponsors last year on the, the Ashes series and various others. IG have instigated a, something called the Net Gains Fund. You heard about us talking about it last year. Uh, they, they installed a simulator at various grounds which people were able to face the bowling of. I don't know if your bowling, Stephen, was ever in, was it, was it in, in, in one of the virtual... Simulator? Uh, uh, areas but anyway um, they raise a certain amount of money uh, and as a result of that campaign last year they're now announcing net facilities to be built all around the country for use by anybody sponsored by IG who have also announced today that they're continuing their relationship with the, the England team and the ECB for another three years which is brilliant news for everybody who fancies playing in the nets and, and I suppose you know we'll talk about India in a minute but uh, just initially the idea of nets, public nets, is, is a good thing, Steve, isn't it? Absolutely. I benefited a lot when I was younger from the public nets that were available to everyone at my local cricket club um, or in the park, although they were slightly worn in Cassivary Park, where, where I grew up with holes in the nets and stuff. But um, look, I, I benefited a lot from having, one, parents who were willing to take me to cricket and two, facilities within a relative stone's throw of my house to be able to practice because I didn't come through a private school system. Um, I got into 
the Middlesex County system at about 14 years old. Um, but before that, I, I relied a lot on just messing around with my friends and um, and learning to love the game as a result of having those facilities available. So. And you, Simon, what about you, nets-wise? Where did you well, practice? Uh, the thing is, in the summer, after school had finished, we did play school uh, cricket at school. Uh, after that, there was n- unless you were linked to a local club, and if when you're about 13, 14, I wasn't, you, there, was no, there was no cricket. And I, when I was 13 or 14, I would have loved to have batted every day for about seven hours a day with someone running in and bowling. Someone, well, not, not someone like Finney necessarily running in and bowling at me, but I would have, that's what I would have loved. And I think, actually, you know, th- that's the problem with cricket, isn't it? You know, football, you can just play in the park. Cricket, you've got to set something up. So, you know, something like this is, you know, is a sort of a step in the right direction, get as many people in, involved in sort of public facilities as possible, really. Yeah, I, actually, I, I used to make a beeline. I was lucky, actually, to be born 100 yards from my local cricket club, Ealing. And so I could literally wander up the road any time of day or night and practice. But you've got practice. to pay your subs out. You've got, someone's got to well, take we, we just you, climbed right? over the fence. Right. You just used their facilities. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, we became members, but... At the start, there was someone shouting, get off, yeah, get well, out it was, of it. it was the groundsman, yeah. actually, who didn't like people using his no, nets, you know, because no. he liked to keep them nice and pristine for the club players at, on Thursday nights, at, you know, whenever they and turned that's up. Sort of part, in a way, that's sort of part of the problem, isn't it? With football, you can just, you know, go to the local park with cricket. There has to be that specific area. So we also became very good at um, utilising other spaces. So I don't know, if, Finney, you ever trained at the Barclays Bank Sports Centre, did you? No. Pre-season, it was, it was after your time. Our pre-season nets for Middlesex, were, or pre-season training, was at the Barclays Bank Sports Centre in Ealing. And I would often, if it was raining or we were sort of shouted out of the nets at Ealing Cricket Club, we'd go up the road to Barclays Bank where we could use the gym to play, practice tennis ball bouncers, because it was generally empty, or we kind of broke in, climbed in through a window. Or um, we'd use the, 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 the parking area with tennis ball cricket as well, if it was a dry day. So you, you have to be quite creative, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And just to hear that you know nets are being installed in uh, London, Nottingham, Leeds, Manchester, Burnley, Southampton, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great step, actually. I mean, it's, it, you just want more people to have a go, don't you, I guess? Yeah, well, I was afforded the luxury of being able to fall in love with playing cricket because of just going and practising and playing and the social interaction with people um, helped me a lot when I was younger. And, and it's something that you don't want people to miss out on. And I think probably for the last 15, 20 years, I think a lot of people have probably missed out on the opportunity to fall in love with a game that needs as many eyeballs and as many people interested in it as is possible in this country because I think as a sport I'm sounding rather philosophical here I'm, I'm not that kind of person but I think do think as a sport we're, we're struggling for the attention of especially young people you're competing against football you're competing against computer games um, phones it, it, the more that you can get people to put those things down and go and play cricket and realise what a great game it is uh, the better and this initiative certainly helps out. Uh, we're in just to say we're in the the basement here of a sixes installation there are a few of them around the country now it's a company that one of your teammates David Nash is involved in Middlesex isn't it um, they're, they're the virtual cages batting cages where you face virtual deliveries good fun actually and we're in the karaoke room down here so I just wanted to know before we get into talking about India and England whether you have a karaoke number that you 
that you specialise in? Well, as Simon knows, Simon Mann, I've, I've got a very versatile voice, and he may have heard me singing in the shower on our recent trip to India um, if we were in rooms that were next to each other. So uh, there are a number. Uh, it depends what sort of mood I'm in. Um, I think me and Mrs. Jones, Michael Bublé version, would probably be up there. I think I've sung that in, the, in front of a few people before, actually. Me and Mrs. Jones We got a thing going on um, And I, the last time I did karaoke was with a live band um, at a place called Bunga Bunga in central London um, and I did Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. So, yeah, the, the versatility of my voice uh, shows no end. Exactly. I'd like to track down the recording of that if it was <laughs> I wouldn't. What about you? <laughs> no, maybe not. Slip inside the eye of your mind Don't you know you might find A better place to play You, no. Simon, have you, you have ever done a karaoke? I have done a karaoke. I can't remember what I sang. You know, sometimes oh, you, what normally happens is someone chooses one for you, and you've got to sort of try and have a go at it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm, I was, I'm tone deaf, I think. I remember my music. I don't think my, I was the fondest pupil of my music teacher at school. We've got someone here. I think we've got someone behind us who <laughs> probably wants to do his own karaoke. <laughs> We're just recording a podcast, so yeah. Um, Mine is um, House of the Rising Sun, actually. I mean, it shows my age, doesn't it? Well, you're quite musical. You play the organ. Well, I can play that as well, actually, and that's a great song. But, I mean, obviously, I I absolutely ruin it. But, anyway, it's it's good fun. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the Rising Sun. So, look, let's talk about India a bit. Um, one of the reasons that it's appropriate you, Finney, being here today, actually, is that I have this very vivid memory of that 2012 series in India, which, of course, England won. And actually, specifically, two things. Your bowling in Calcutta, reverse swing, and also an amazing bit of fielding, which ran out... Verenda Sehwag, and in a way, well, in a way, that over of the game wasn't it? Was, it no, it wasn't on. the first over of the game. It was about thirty, forty for none, actually. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sehwag and Gambier were, were putting on one of their usual kind of good partnerships, and then a bit of lazy running by Sehwag, a brilliant bit of fielding by you. He was run out, and in a way, that set the tone for the, the series being turned on its head. I mean, I know you'd already won in Mumbai to make it one all, but making it two one in Calcutta was. A, b- a big moment, wasn't it? What, what are your memories of that test match? Well, my memories of that tour in general are great frustration, actually, because I was sort of felt as though I was at my peak, um, bowling as quick as I could. I had the control that was required to get me into the team. Um, and I played well against South Africa in the build-up to that in the last test series of the summer. And I tore my quad in the first day of the first warm-up game when we landed. So... Um, rather than send me home, I then spent the next 
five weeks doing rehab, got fit for this Calcutta test, played, felt like I did myself justice. Um, we won the game, but on the last day had a disc problem that's been following me around since, actually, um, as Simon, the host in India, um, when we were there for the BBC. Um, and then had to go home and miss the last test match in order to prepare for a series afterwards. So that, that series in general, even though we won it and I felt like I was a part of it, um, I look back on it with great frustration that I could have done more in it because it was such a significant series. Um, and then that test match, I think, I my favourite memory of that test match is getting Dhoni out. He looked like he might start marshalling the tail um, and whack us everywhere. And we had bad memories of him doing that the year before in ODI cricket, actually, um, where he, he smashed us all over the place. Um, and I got him out caught, I think, a wide second slip, sort of starfished him in front of his face with a bouncer. Um, and that was probably one of my favourite test wickets because it sort of flies in the face of the slow, low surface that we were playing on. We only played two seamers, but I bounced out one of the best players in the world at the time. So, um, and, it, and it helped us crack the game open at that stage. Yeah. And you got Coley out as well, didn't you? Uh, you yeah. Are you going to get onto that or not? Well, you know, <laughs> he's one of the smaller fish in my pocket, Brett Coley. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a, a, a mesmerising match. And it, it's funny, but I... I, I particularly like Eden Gardens because it was the place where I first played a, an overseas match, a five-day game, in 1980 under the captaincy of Mike Brearley. And I, the, my main memory of that ground was the food. Um, was just this, they wheeled in what was basically the hotel buffet, uh, including a tandoori oven, uh, into the dressing room, which was already about you know, 90 degrees in temperature and bringing in all this food cooking in front of us made it even hotter but I just remember kind of lavishing myself on everything just diving into everything and then being completely unable to bowl and smacked around the, the ground yes. the whole afternoon yeah, I mean I was absolutely I probably added about two k's to my to my weight um, but that probably is the least of the challenges of playing in India now in a way I mean though in those days the, the food was something that you kind of just luxuriated on but I mean now I guess England take their own uh, chef and well, their they are own chef this time. Yeah. I, I, I never went on a tour that. where there was a chef but hmm. um, yeah they, they control the things that they can I, I actually don't think the food in India is a problem no. um, I well, it's our experience isn't it I mean the World Cup we've all just been at the World Cup in India and I mean I thought that the, 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 the sort of facilities and the provision was the best I've ever known mm-hmm. actually completely agree yeah, yeah. Completely agree. But, but yet you say, I mean, I heard you say this upstairs, that um, India is a harder place to tour than Australia. It's quite is. a big state. I, I, I really do think it is because I think they're, you're better equipped as a team to go to Australia and compete, I think, because the conditions favour seam bowlers, we fast bowlers, but bowl, bowlers who bowl with the seam up. Um, so I think that if you do get the right crop of fast bowlers, as we did in 2010-11, that you can compete there. Um, and I think that those types of players come along more frequently than the players that you require to compete when you're in India. Um, when we won in 2012, we had Swan and Panesar bowling in tandem for the first, th- sorry, the last three test matches. Um, the one test match that we lost that series, we played three seamers and Sawag had 100 before lunch on the first day. So um, that was clearly a misstep. But um, yeah, the, the players that are required to do well in India, I don't think 
we generate in this country as much as we would do with players that compete in Australia. So for that simple reason, I think it's a harder talk. Mm. I mean, his record at home is phenomenal. Mm. You, you, you go back to 2000 and, well, till that series that you were, you were talking about, they have not lost a series since then. They've only lost three test matches since then. And since 2012. Yeah, since that England team went there and won two in the series. They've only lost three test matches and they, they went on to win the series and all three in which they lost those test matches. And they against Australia, just looking at Australia's record actually since 2012 at home, it is comparable. I mean, Australia don't lose very often at home either. Uh, they play a few, they played a few more matches, but their record is really good as well. India, yeah, it's, it's such a challenge. One thing I was fascinated by is a whole thing about preparation and it's, it's, we've been, it's been talked about already England are, are in their preparation stage at the moment. they're in Abu Dhabi they fly to India three days before the first test match in Hyderabad there's an hour and a half time difference so there's not going to be any uh, jet lag or anything like that really but it's just all suddenly being jetted into India then on you go what do you, what do you feel about Preparing for a series in India. I mean, Jeffrey. Jeffrey would say, "Oh, you know, I need about six weeks out should have there." Should have been there seven weeks <laughs> exactly, ago. Yeah. Seven weeks ago. Before the end of the World Cup, we should have been there. Yeah. In fact, we, you know, we dovetailed it. <laughs> just pitch our tent there. Yeah. And stay there. And, yeah. Just you know. But so, what do, what do you think about preparation? What preparation did you need, or and, you know, the players you played with? What do they need? My experience was that it, you benefited from being there. Mm. Um, but I think that there are a number of caveats now. I think the landscape of cricket has clearly mm. changed to there being far less preparation time in between series. And I think we just have to get our heads around that as people who've watched England teams go away for five weeks before it's the first test match. I think we have to get our heads around the fact that that just isn't ever going to happen again. Um, the other caveat that I would say is that when we did play that series in 2012 and when I toured there subsequently... The quality of the opposition that you faced in the warm-up games, I think, was purposefully below what you would anticipate or need to compete in a test series. So, therefore, you have to make an informed decision. Do we think that the BCCI are going to put out a competitive team to test us with spinners who are capable? Um, unlikely, I would say. Um, and then you have to think where will we get our best possible preparation where we can quality control the people that we're playing against um, the, the net facilities and we can be in control of those things and the team have clearly decided that Dubai or Abu Dhabi wherever they are is the place to do that would you get there more than three days before the start of the first test probably yes I think realistically you probably would need to be there for five six seven days before that test but um they're passing up the opportunity to play the Yas Links in Abu Dhabi now. <laughs> You're very cynical, Simon. <laughs> very cynical. I'm not. I, I know. Factually, that's what they're going to be but doing. It, but in a way, I mean, people talk about the, the golf thing. But is there anything wrong with that? Because you can't just be playing cricket, cricket, no. cricket the whole time. It's you a do, misconception. Yeah, you do need to have time away from the game, don't no, you? I like playing. But when, so when I was on tour in India, I'd shut my curtains, I'd get my projector and my PlayStation out and I'd sit for about six hours a day and play PlayStation with whoever would come and join me. And these guys go and play six hours of golf. Mm. Like, it, you yeah. don't see me sat on a PlayStation in a dark room for six hours. Um, these guys like to yeah. post all over social media. So it's, it's very different, but what else would they be doing with yeah. their time? And, it, and it's also interesting as well, when you, when you go to... India, people say, oh, well, you know, get out and see the country and all that. Stuff. And you can a little bit. Um, 
but not very much. Can you? It's, it's, it's fine for me. You know, me. I you know, went to India. I would sort of go out wandering. I go into Calcutta, look at the markets. But for the players, it's not so easy. And we were touring around with, well, with you, Finney, a bit. But you had your back problems, um, so you couldn't go out yeah, very much. Anyway, and not quite as recognisable uh, uh, as who you're about to well, mention. Well, Carl, yeah, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Brathwaite. I mean, everywhere he went, he, you know, he was being sort of mob, photograph, please, all that sort of stuff. And you can see how that, you know, gets wearing. So there's there's that whole aspect to it as well. It's not it's not as straightforward as saying. Right, you know, we'll just go out and experience the country. You can to some extent, but I mean, we. we you're we, advised not to. Yeah, so well, that's the other. That's probably the other side of it as well. So the team take two security guards across with them, and then local security and police and army help out. Who want autographs, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a fellow with an AK-47 yeah. outside your door wanting you to sign something and have a um, have a selfie with him, but. Yeah, you're, you're, you have to tell the security every time you're leaving the hotel. Mm. And, it and is that a pressure? Is that a sort of a... Is that a tension? Is that, that, does that add to the stress, in a way, you're feeling as a player? Well, you, yeah, you don't want to... Yeah, you, you have to conform to the rules, I suppose. You, you wouldn't just disappear and go out, whether that's going to play golf or whether it's going for a walk around a market. Um, you're obliged to tell the security so that they can do their job properly where you're going and, and what you're up to so that they can risk assess everything that you're doing. Because so it's in a way, it's sort of curtailing your freedom, I suppose, slightly, isn't it? I mean, being in a place like that as a high-profile sport. Absolutely. And if you're now the IPL superstars that we have, we had Kevin Peterson, who was an IPL superstar, when we went there in 2012. Um, and now there are much more, many more recognisable people in this England cricket team than we had back then. So um, I think you have to add that into the equation um, and, and yeah I, I just think the landscape of it has has changed significantly and I think that that's why they'll they're, they're going back to Dubai one or two times throughout that tour to to just try and give the players a sense of freedom that you don't necessarily get when you're in India so that's on preparation I mean you, we can debate it and they actually they went to Abu Dhabi before they went to Pakistan last year and they won 3-0 in Pakistan what do you think just on England's approach obviously we know how they played in Pakistan do you think they're going to go for it like we've become used to or do you think they're going to have to play in a slightly cannier way in India I, I don't think that they're going to take a backward step I think that they will be aggressive I think that they will look to assert pressure back on the Indians I just hope that they get the balance right mm. between that aggression and game management, I think in the Ashes, the, the players will obviously belligerently defend the way that they played, but they missed an opportunity at Lords when Nathan Lyon went off injured to play sensibly for an hour um, to then reap the rewards of that sensible play um, later on in the Test match and the series. And I think they'd have won the series had they won that Test match um, because they'd have had the momentum going into the next ones with the way that they'd have played. So. Um, I hope that they've learned from those instances because if you go out there and you, um, I, they clearly they're better than sloggers. They don't just stand there and slog. But I think if you don't use the calculated side of your brain when you're taking risks out there, I think you can come unstuck. Um, but I do think that we're going to see this England team approach playing in in a very different way to what we've seen any team go and do before, which I think for me is the most fascinating part of this series is, is going to be how did India cope when someone comes out and reverse sweeps two balls for four? It wouldn't have been done to them before. And we saw the way that Australia's attack um, faded through the series in the face of that aggression. 
I think that England will be hoping that if they do it in a calculated way that they can do a similar thing to India's spinners um, and if they can do that to those big two Ashwin and Jadej I think that that will suck a lot of the wind out of the Indian sails My memory of that 2012 series apart from your bowling actually was an amazing innings by Kevin Peterson one of the greatest test innings of all time in Mumbai where he did take on those Indian spinners and they hadn't seen anything like it ever before and they didn't deal with it very well so I'm sure you're right about the, the England approach possibly destabilising the Indian uh, strategy. We'll take a quick break and afterwards I just want to talk to you a little bit about bowling in India. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So with Stephen Finnesheim, a man in the depths of sixes in Great Portland Street in London. Um, what about bowling in India? We've talked about England's batting strategy, possible batting strategy. What about bowling? How do you approach? How is it different bowling in India, would you say, compared to, say, England? Well, when I played in that game in Kolkata, we played two seamers. So you had me, Anderson, and then Jonathan Trott might have wheeled a few dibbly dobblers out in the in that gap between 70 and 80 overs before we we're waiting for that new ball. But you've got these defined periods of play where you have a burst with the new ball and you see if the ball swings, um, you see if you can get the ball to do anything off the surface. As soon as it's not, the spinners come into the attack to make use of that hard ball and then it's a waiting game as a seamer to try and keep your energy as high as possible so things as silly as not jogging between overs and conserving your energy so that the second that ball shows a sign that it's going to reverse swing you are bowling with as much energy on that ball as you possibly can to make an impact for three or four overs um, and then you go off to chill in the field again for a while you regenerate and then you come back for another spell. So It's sort of short and intense then in a way, I suppose. Isn't yes, it, it is. And But you have to... I think the biggest challenge is that as soon as you get the ball in your hand, you have to make it count. And you, and you have to make that impact that you're being asked to do by the captain. I don't think you'll see seamers bowling big long spells. Um, but the makeup of the attack's different. And, and that's why I think this series is going to be really interesting to watch, is that... If me and Jimmy didn't get a wicket or look like making a breakthrough for four overs, you just threw the ball to Swan and Panasar, who had more than a thousand first-class wickets between them at the time, probably, um, and had both played Test cricket, were experienced, and knew exactly what they needed to do. 
Um, do England have those bowlers to be able to fall back on? I, we don't know. Jack Leach hasn't played cricket since June. Um, Bashir and Hartley are yet to make their Test match debut. Two young spinners, yeah. barely to play a first-class game. So, um, and Rahan Ahmed as well. So, um, th- these are young guys who um, being asked to keep pressure on whilst the seams regenerate is going to be a tough ask for them because India will recognise that and look to try and hit them out of the attack to get the seamers miles in their legs there's this game of cat and mouse going on through um, through the game I mean if you turn up to a pitch in India and it's dry and dusty are you um, dispirited no. as a fast bowler? No I loved it I loved, and when I was at my absolute best I think when I went back in 16-17 I probably didn't have the the pace I didn't play a game in that series but if I'd have played I wouldn't have had the pace to be able to um, to trouble those Indian batters as I did in 2012 sort of 2012 I was primed to bowl well in India I had done in one day series and I did subsequently in one day series but um, yeah I, I would look at a dry surface like that and think this is going to reverse swing and I love bowling with reverse swing I don't care how slow the pitch is because the speed out of my hand makes up for that um, why do you like bowling with reverse swing just just explain that why is it it's fun I mean because, <laughs> because I, I, my sense was always because I felt in control a bit more in control you almost just switch the ball round and it does do what you want it to whereas a conventional swing doesn't always work but I don't know maybe you have a different take on it well I wasn't really a swing bowler if you gave me a new ball at that stage of my career I, I wouldn't and couldn't swing it I don't know why I just it just couldn't it was something about the angle of my arm and my seam presentation but you gave me a reverse swinging ball and I could get it to swing both ways a long way Mm. Um, and I would predominantly look to go away from a right-handed batter and then you'd bowl an effort ball that was an in-swinger and you'd look to catch them on the crease Um, and and it was just a basic game plan and one that I, I don't know why but ever since I was 15, 16 and I started bowling with reverse swing at Loughborough with scuffed up balls Otis Gibson would go out onto the concrete and scuff up balls him and Kevin Shine you'd be 16 and he'd say right figure out how to get someone out with this Um, and that actually at that stage of my career when I was still learning and developing I think served me really well to bowl reverse swing for the rest of my career so I didn't I never cared what the surface looked like if you gave me a reverse swinging ball you could be bowling on the M1 I'd have loved bowling with it Should we let Finney go now and we'll finish off ourselves Just ask a couple more questions Okay um, just back to the approach of the two teams I noticed already actually I, it could be one of those sort of like big shootouts couldn't it because India were trying to take England down mm-hmm. and, and vice versa the Lions already they played, they've had two days of batting in India and they've scored at four and a half runs per over in both those days one day it didn't really come off that was a two day game where they lost all their wickets but you know they've had a very good day first day 380 for three Keaton Jennings scoring lots of runs so it's clear I mean it seems like it's you know it's running right down through the you know first team into the almost into the second team as well that England what England's approach is going to be yeah and I think not easy to pull off though no it's not and and clearly the the bowlers that they're going to be trying to do it against in um in this series Ashwin and Jadeja and probably Kuldeep Yadav I think are going to be a far tougher proposition than doing it against the second string but I really think it's going to be fascinating to see how those great Indian bowlers, um, when they're, it's, it's like an affront on your character. When someone comes out and just starts trying to tee off against you, it, it sort of brings up this rage from inside you that you didn't know was there before because you're like, this is not showing me any respect. Whereas 
these guys, every time they've had a, an SG ball in their hand in India for the last 10 years, have been shown the utmost respect by people with the odd isolated incident like Peterson in 2012. So with a collective group of people doing it against these bowlers, um, they will fall in a heap a couple of times, naturally. It's just going to happen. Um, but if they do manage to pull it off and they do manage to put enough pressure on so that um, Sharma can't trust Ashwin or Jadeja to hold up an end, which has been their basic game yeah. plan, um, then it's going to challenge India in ways that they haven't been challenged over the course of the last 10 years, which for me is going to prove to be fascinating to watch. Prediction? <laughs> I, I think I think England are going to find it very tough. History suggests that England will find it very tough. Um, so for that reason, I think India will win the series, but I think we're going to see twos and throws within those games um, that are going to be really interesting to watch. Mm. And, and you, your involvement, uh, broadcasting, uh, I know BBC haven't got the rights, but what about TV? Uh, but nothing. Not that, as you, of, know yeah. of. No, Not that you know of. No, you might, I wake you up every channel, surely. I wake up every morning and read the papers. I think, Christ, so-and-so is working on it, and I'm not. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, at the moment, nothing. At the moment, I've got no work booked in in any facet of my life beyond today. So. And what about zero ducks given? Then? Yeah, that that still takes place every week. We're recording it this evening, actually. So we'll probably be publishing around the same time. So well, if you've don't got to, everything you've just said. No, <laughs> if you've got up to if you've got up to this stage of this podcast, then you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I'm I, I'm all for collaboration here. Yeah. So zero ducks given is the, the podcast that Finney's on with uh, Dan Norcross and Toby Tarrant. Toby Tarrant. That's yeah, right. Okay. That's well, right. Good. Good luck with it. And thanks it's for been your a time. Pleasure. Great. No worries. All right. Cheers. Well, Finney's had to leave us now. I mean, we're a week away, aren't we, from the the first Test match? I, I, it's it's funny. I mean, I went to the World Cup and I was excited by you know what we're going to see in India but there's something about a test series and a five match test series I mean it feels as if test cricket is under a, you know it's under the pump isn't it you know South Africa sending this sort of scratch side out to uh, New Zealand you know West Indies at the moment in Australia as we speak they've been bowled out for not much on the first day or they struck back with a couple of wickets you know there's this feeling that test cricket could do with a bit of a, a lift and you know this is a, a marquee series and I, just, I actually sort of genuinely feel excited about the next yeah, and also it's quite difficult to read isn't it because the pitches, the grounds, are not the ones that you generally think of uh, the, the play test cricket, uh, where they play test cricket. So you're not quite sure how the pitches are going to uh, behave. I mean, there's a game at Hyderabad. Obviously, there's a game at Dharamshala, the last mm. test of the series. They're playing in Ranchi, Ranchi aren't they? Ranchi, so, Rajkot and Vijayakapatnam, where yeah. we, England did play yes. the last time I went to India for a And how did that play? Series. Can you remember? Um, I remember it, it. Well, it was for me, it was what I would call a typical Indian pitch. And I think that's the most interesting thing about playing in India is... I love those test matches that, that basically last five days that get settled, you know, I don't know, around about tea time on the final day, something like that, where the pitch starts pretty well and then it deteriorates. And that's what happened in, in that match in uh, Vizikapatna. And then runs were scored and then gradually the, the spinners took over and England actually under, batted last and they were under a lot of pressure in their fourth innings and crumbled on a, a surface that was, was cracked. But that's, that's why, you know, when people say, well, you know, cricket in India, test match cricket in India, that's sort of what I think about really, those type of surfaces where the batters have it at the start and the bowlers have it at the back end. And I th so I think that, that, so what will be interesting is what sort of surfaces those venues come up with. Will we be having pitches that spin like a top, you know, go through the top, end in you know, two and a half days, three days, because it's just irresistible. You just cannot, you know, f you cannot deal with the produced amount of spin. Or will we have those sort of slow-burning, slow-turning 
uh, test wickets that actually can lead to sort of some really fascinating test cricket. I sort of hope for the latter. I mean, I think in India can do England either way. Mm. You know, they can beat them either way. But in England's approach will be interesting. That I think they will have a go. And as Finney says, I think, you know, there would be times when England probably going to be 100 for six on a flat surface having batted first and you might think oh you know why didn't you just play the traditional way so I think yeah they need to they need to come up with some canny cricket as well as uh, aggressive cricket but you know the aggressive cricket has got us all you know interested hasn't it and excited yeah a, a, apart from probably India who are feeling indignant and want to take England down a peg because they don't like the way they've sort of strode out there and tried to dominate and they'll probably be trying to to nullify that at the, the earliest yeah. opportunity. I don't, I don't think India have got any reason to be in, indignant, though. Well, I, I, I only mean indignant in the sense that they don't want their um, their proud nations cricketers to be overawed or no. intimidated. Well, I don't think I don't think they will be. I no. think they're a very good side, and in their own conditions, as I said, the stats show it. They're they're very very strong team, and I think they'll be up for the challenge, and it would be you know it would be a, a very good challenge for them. As it you know it's going to be a severe test. Of the way uh, England play, I mean, Finney was talking about you know going to Australia. You know, it's not it's not quite as tough a challenge as going to Australia. England have not done very well in Australia. They've been thrashed in Australia, haven't they, for the last decade? They've been thrashed in India for the last decade. Apart from that remarkable win in Chennai when Joe Root got his hundred. I think that see that's that's the sort of template for an England win, isn't it? Bat first, grind out five hundred, or whatever, or smack smack five hundred if you can in India, and then gradually turn the screw that's the way that's the way to win on those mm. traditional and it, of pitches. course it will be different to Pakistan where the pitches are dead mm. they don't turn much no. and they don't bounce much so you think subcontinent don't you oh they must be all the same but they're not mm. Pakistan because of course England got the 500 in a day didn't they, in Pakistan but flattest uh, pitch the, I've ever seen yeah in test I mean match. The, the, the Indian pitches will not be anything like that I, I, I'd be very interested I mean wouldn't it be brilliant if it was two all going into the final test in Durham Charlotte where actually that will be, a, I think that surface will be to England's advantage. It's got a bit more bounce than the others, a bit more pace. Mm. It's a cooler climate as well, obviously up in the mountains. India so have got some good seamers as no, well. No, they have, to sure. That, that's a very good, valid point. Um, but England will feel more comfortable in a place mm. like that. But whether that uh, is whether the series is determined by then, we'll see. So anyway, that's it for today. Um, actually, interestingly, on Sunday in our virtual cricket club, the world's best cricket club. We've got uh, a guest, O.A. Shah, uh, who also toured India as an England player and played well, actually. He played in a, he played in a win in Mumbai. He did, in, in, in Alistair Cook's first test match. Mm. And um, so we've got him to talk to us about batting in India on Sunday. Uh, if you'd like to join that live interview, it's at the worldsbestcc.com. He's on at 11 o'clock because he's in Dubai. Uh, at the moment. 11 o'clock so in the morning. 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. You can join us to hear O.A. Shah talking about playing in India and other aspects of his career. Worldsbestcc.com and we'll be on straight after to do a podcast looking ahead officially to the first test in Hyderabad. We'll speak to you then. Goodbye for now.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.